This is Rachel Joy Barbeau. As part of the launch for my new book, Relentless Joy, that's due out June 20th, my friends got together and created a book launch team. Y'all, I am so blessed. So very blessed. In that group, they're getting some behind-the-scenes details from the book, and we've been discussing the book together each week. I wanted to share some of those stories with you. So over the next few weeks, you're going to get bonus podcasts that contain short stories and lessons from our discussions. You're going to hear Natasha Garrett, who's our book launch captain and also serves, and I'm changing the narrative, and you'll hear from me and maybe some others. I hope this gets you excited about the book. Pre-order details are in the show notes, and I got to tell you, as a first-time published author, pre-orders are everything. Please go grab a copy for you and for others. Love you guys. Chapter 12 is called In His Time, and there's so much. I ran out of room on my paper I was <laughs> because I just had so many notes on this chapter. And, of course, I'm not going to go word for word and give away everything, but I love this chapter because it's a, stor- it's a love story. It's a story of new beginnings. It's a story of how you do have to put your trust in God and know that everything is not in your control. And it's a story of how sometimes you feel empty and like your prayers are not going to be answered, but you know, your prayers are answered. The answer is yes, no, or not right now. And (laughs) sometimes not right now turns out better than you want it to, you know, better than you think it ever could. I just love how you said, like when you least expect it will happen when you stop looking like all those proverbial things that everyone wants to say to comfort you. And you were talking about how playing the field is rough. And you were just talking about the single life and just a brief synopsis is Rachel was just talking about how she was ready to settle down, ready to find someone, ready to find a life partner. And, you know, the more you look, sometimes you just find things that you're not looking for. And so I love how you talked about how you finally let go. You finally said, okay, God, you're enough. If I was meant to have a family, great. But if I was just meant to not have a family, if I was meant to not have that one person, that soulmate, you're enough. And it just speaks to how you have to be whole. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready mm-hmm. to, 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 to give to a relationship, to give what it takes to give to a couple. You have to be whole and you have to be ready. You nailed it, Natasha. And I'm going to say this to everybody. If you're single, if you're taken, if you're married, first of all, people that tell you marriage isn't hard work are lying to you. Marriage is hard work. It's two imperfect individuals that are coming together, that are trying to love each other with all of our broken bits. And we're trying to meld and our, you know, and it's hard, beautiful work. It's worth it, but it's hard work. Um, secondarily, I've been using that word a lot tonight for whatever reason, but I'm making my points here and they're in my head and I'm remembering them is that I think the key, I believe why Christopher walked into my life when he did was I finally said to God, you are enough. Even if you don't give me a husband, you are enough. And I have other things that I want in my life. And, and I've recently said to God, you know what? You know my desires, but if you don't give me that, what you've given me is enough. And I I don't know. I don't know, you know, if that's biblical, 
I know he is enough is biblical. I don't know. I just know that I feel like that was the unlocking when I said it. And if not, it is well with my soul and you are enough. Mm -hmm. And not even month, a few months later, he comes walking in my life. And y'all, there's so much more to the story um, and you got to read it. But there's another there's another part of the story that I'm going to tell you the backstory. And the backstory is I was terrified to write this chapter because it's very countercultural to what you're seeing on Netflix, HBO, Showtime, magazines, social media. You're seeing goodies. You're seeing sex, sex, sex. You are seeing jump in, do what you want. You know, the episode two doesn't finish without somebody jumping in bed together. And um, and I wanted to share my story and what happened with me and not from a place of I know best uh, from a place of I've done it. I've fallen away. I've lived it. And then God gave me a chance to get it right. And what and what I'm telling you, what, what I believe and what is biblical and what what worked for me. And look, you take away from this what you will. But I've had many fathers already tell me I'm buying this for my daughter. Thank you for writing this for my daughter. But y'all, I need to tell you that I am prepared for for backlash for this chapter. And I'm okay with that because it's countercultural. But it is my truth. And all I can offer you is my truth. And what I know worked in my life and what truly happened in my life. And um, it's also a love story. Um, It's a love story. I say in this chapter on a, on a light note, I say at the end of the chapter, you ready for this, y'all? Would you date you? Would you date you? And half the time, or would you marry you? Half the time we're out here and we're like, oh, I want a good man. I want a good woman. Da, 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 da. And we, in our in our private moments, we ain't manage our money well. We're not taking care of ourselves. We speak nasty to ourselves. We aren't, you know, like all the things we want in somebody else. Maybe I'm asking you in this chapter to take a mirror and look at you yourself and saying what I want. That's good. Ooh, some people are like, yeah. I want a good man. I want a good woman. But you're cheating. You're stepping out. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. Like attracts like. You might attract them, but you ain't going to keep them. So. I ask in this chapter, and this is just real talk. I say, imagine going on a date with you. Mm. Do you talk all about yourself? Mm. Leave room for questions. Do you get curious about other people? Do you talk about people and put people down and talk negative and you're mean to the waiter? Or do you talk about dreams and ideas and lifting people up and where you're going to go and what you're going to do and where you're going to travel and and enjoy? And are you kind to people? Wait a minute. Let's just drop the bike. Yeah. You do what you, what you, I'm just telling you, you, I had an old preacher of mine. He's not an old preacher. My preacher at my church before where I go to now journey church in, in Atlanta, Georgia, Jensen Franklin, he said, we'll get hype at a football game. We'll, oh we'll get hype, you know, at, at, at a concert we'll dance, but we up in church going, mm-hmm. it, it, we're not, we're not on the attack. We're, we're not fighting back. And, yeah. and I'm telling you, I'm fighting back. I mean, I am saying it, get out of my life, get out of here. You have no place. This is not happening. Mm. And so um, this chapter is a, it's a doozy in a good way. It's, it's looking at yourself. It's, it's also the journey of loving yourself. It's a chapter about falling in love. Um, and it's a chapter about the way that I went that 
I would not have been obedient to God in writing this book if I did not tell you the full story of how I believe I ended up married. So I want to step in and I want to read just a small section of this because I read it to my son. My youngest son, he's 18. He's in high school still. And, um, you know, he's just he's he's the one she was speaking of earlier. His name's Dylan. (laughs) He's okay with me sharing this. I've already asked. But um, he's he's a good kid, but he's also an 18 year old boy. You know, I wanted to know, what do you think about this? And this is toward the end, whenever Rachel and Christopher, like the first time that they had had a conversation alone. They had just spoken alone after her speaking and then meeting. Okay. So um, he had just expressed interest and she said, I was aghast in the best way possible. The little girl in me recognized a knight that was declaring his intentions. His words made every fairy tale come true in my heart. He wanted me, but not in a let me take you upstairs kind of way. He wanted to get to know me, to court me. And this is an important truth in a world that is hypersexualized. I want you to be wanted, wanted for life. I also want you to be wanted for your heart and soul. I want you to be wanted for how you light up a room with your humor and your laughter. I want you to be wanted for all of the things besides your looks and your sex appeal. I want you to be wanted, not lusted after. And there is a huge difference. You are worth the wait. I'm talking to you too, men. (laughs) And I don't care what you've done or where you've been. You're never too far gone to begin again. Let God draw the line in the sand and redeem you and make you anew. Don't fall for the trick of the enemy. He wants to keep you silent and ashamed. So I asked my son, what do you think of that? And he was like, his first words were, whoa, that's good stuff. (laughs) I said, so how do you apply that to your dating? Because he's, he's a guy's guy. He's, he loves to hang with his friends. Yes. He's had the occasional, you know, flirtation with girls, but he's never really just dove head into the dating life, but he's getting there. And so I said, what do you think and how are you going to take that into relationships in the future and into meeting girls and and how you treat them? And he said, well, it really um, doesn't matter what I think. It matters how they perceive me. I said, well, yes, that's true. But what are what are your intentions going to be? What are you going to bring to the table? What are how are you going to? approach that with intention. And he, you know, he just talked about, I'm not going to go on and on about what he said, but just, he, he just talked about that. He just wants to be respectful and he doesn't care about all the physical stuff that that's not what's important to him because he knows that it's more about the connection and more about how you make each other feel and how you support each other. Mm. And I just thought, you know, wow, this book speaks to men. It speaks to women. It speaks to young boys. It speaks to old and young, everyone of all walks of life. I, throughout all these table talks and throughout people posting, I've just seen so many people from all walks of life give their testimony of how this book speaks to them. And I just love that. I'm going to wrap this up tonight and just tell you all that. Um, I'm rarely speechless, but I'm, I've been pretty speechless lately because 
I just, I have the most immense amount of gratitude in my heart. And uh, I feel my mother and my grandmother, I think God loaned them out of heaven for a little bit. I feel them around me. I had a counselor, another God wink, uh, tell me she was supposed to be giving me counseling, like an intake counseling to get another counselor. And we ended up having this moment together. Her name was Deborah. And she said, Rachel, she said, do you remember the part in the in the Bible where Moses was part in the Red Sea, but he got tired and his people held his arms up? And she said, Rachel, you've been through a lot in your life. And she said, you're about to be around people either virtually or in person over the next few months as this book comes out. And she said, sister, I want you to let them hold your arms up. And I was like, and she said, also, I want to remind you. You've worked two and a half years on this book from start to finish, but it's your whole life. It's your, and and somebody asked me earlier, you're going to write another one. Yes, I'm ready to already write another one. I've already got the chapters laid out and everything. But she said, you've worked so hard. Yes, it is two and a half years, but it's a culmination, your first book. And she said, let people love you and, and be in the moment and let people celebrate you. And so, you know, when, when Natasha says, and willing to do this for me and then says, and I see these people, you know, not one person that shares it goes unnoticed by me. I, I'm I'm thankful. I tear up at everyone because you're sharing me and my story, which you see you in with your audience that I could never get to. I might be able to get to with an ad, but you know what I mean? Like I'm there. Guess what? We can buy all the things we want, but the best thing in this world is still a recommendation. It's still a warm lead. Come to my church, buy my book or buy my friend's book, or I use this cologne or I, you know, this is the, this is the air fryer I use. Girl, I'm gonna go out and buy that air fryer, you know, like it's true. And so if a real person says, I loved it, it changed me. I'm going to buy a copy. Yeah, it's everything. And I, and I'll, I'll leave with, leave y'all with this. I just, I had a girlfriend who I've known since I was in fifth, sixth grade. And she said, Rachel, she said, I mean, I knew you were going to write a good book. She said, but it's like really good. And she was like, I'm just blown away. She's like, I haven't been able to put it. So anyway, I, all that to say is um, I am receiving. And for a long time in my life, I did not receive compliments well. I had problems with trauma and my own filters where I did not receive compliments well. So I would turn around and compliment somebody else because I was uncomfortable and I couldn't deeply feel them. God is allowing me to deeply feel the compliments of this and the work of this book and and allowing me. And and I've been saying this and I want to leave it with this. I want this to go far and wide and hit a bestseller. I'm unashamed of that, but I don't want it for my own ego. I want it because I know that this book is already changing lives. And if we hit a bestseller list, that means that that many more people have have gotten a hold of it. And we can start a flash mob online. You know, we can we can go viral online. That's what we do. We just go viral. We talk about this book. But um, it's not all this, all this that I'm allowing myself to feel is really affirmation from God saying, see, my girl. I had a plan all along. I had a plan all along and I did not forsake you. And I had you and all that pain was not for nothing that you were going to help other people do your story. So anyway, thank (laughs) y'all. Thank you so much. I'm going to say this as I part tonight. If you never do another thing again, listen to me when I say this, put it out in the world. 
do it. The time is now. Your blog, your vlog, your cooking show, your nonprofit, your passion project, your new business, your whatever you've been sitting on, do it. Do y'all know, Natasha knows this, I had a I thought I had a book deal. I wrote a book in 2018. I was with one of the best agents in the country who did Heaven is for Real and Left Behind. I She told me I was going to get multiple offers. Y'all, I didn't even get a call back. Not one. And she told me later on, maybe it just wasn't your time, Rachel. Maybe it just wasn't the time. Don't give up on the dream. And then here we are in 2023. It wasn't a no, like Natasha said. It was just a not right now. And my friend said, I can't tell you how many times I've held back because I felt like no one would listen. Y'all, it's the imposter syndrome. That's the enemy trying to tell you not to put it out there. Your story will set somebody free. Your story will help somebody. Your story will affect somebody. If you're willing to share it, it will affect somebody. And whatever is percolating in your heart, it's there for a reason. It's there for a reason. My, My friend said, how do I get the book? Amazon. Barnes and Noble, anywhere where you buy books, Target, Walmart, anywhere, just put in Relentless Joy, y'all, Relentless Joy. Go grab it. I just, I need y'all to know that you've got something in you and you've been leaving it on the shelf. And I could have quit after that first no. I could have quit and never written this book. And I just, I, I, it was always in the back of my mind. And people kept saying to me, why don't you write a book? You need to write a book. I tried. That was my answer to him. I tried. It didn't work. Nobody wanted to. I, I tried. And then finally, Pastor Derwin Gray, I did a podcast with him. And he said, why have you written a book? Same thing. I tried. He said, well, I'm introducing you to my book agent right after this. Within 24 hours, I was on the phone with this book agent. Within within 72 hours, I had a book agent from his agency. And we were starting to write this book. Take it from me, please. Take it from me, write it, do it, create it, y'all, create it, do it, don't wait, time is precious, and listen to the still small voice in your head, be willing to look like a fool for something. And whatever your relentless joy is, your I'm changing the narrative, do it. Okay. Love you guys. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.